0: And welcome in to another episode of the Media Vote Podcast, the first of the December podcast episodes. Um, we are the Media Vote Podcast, here to talk about the weekly news and thoughts on movies, TV, music, and video games.
1: Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in that order. Mm-hmm. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. As you mentioned, it is December, everyone specifically december 3rd 2022 this is episode xbox 360 sorry episode 360 can't you know i can't separate those two things it's okay we're gonna turn this podcast around 360 degrees (laughs) yep and in record time too this will probably be a shorty so thank you for joining us uh yeah it's an exciting time of year things are starting to wrap up and we're going to talk about some Early wrap-ups today, um, as well as uh, news at the end of the show about our year-end wrap-up shows, which we'll get to momentarily. But, in the meantime... But first, we got a regular-ass
0: podcast episode to get through. The most regular-ass
1: podcast imaginable. Let's do it. Yes.
0: And we start uh, with the music section, yes. we start the music section, with the billboard. And we we'll always start the billboard with the Hot 100. Right. And Taylor Swift is, once again, your Hot as your hot single. One, she's hot. Two, as your hot single. <laughs> Whoa, okay. All right. Uh, with Anti-Hero as your number one song. At yes. two, Rich Flex by Drake and 21 Savage. Yep. At three, Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Uh-huh. Coming in at four, Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. Wait a minute. This is the same as
1: last week, but...
0: But it's Christmas time. Yep.
1: And
0: here they come. Creeping into the yep. top five. Because all I want for
1: Christmas... Is You it's here. by
0: Mariah Carey creeps into the top yep.
1: five. Every year now since about, what, 2016? This has been the case. Mariah is here. She has seen her shadow. And it's time for Christmas. <laughs> it's six more weeks of Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more or less. Uh, more like four. But yes. Um, yeah, so at number five there, I'm sure this will probably again hit number one. I don't think even Taylor can fight the Mariah. You mean... Antihero Hero is not a Christmas song. You know, not really, not traditionally. <laughs> so no. There are some bells in it. Are there bells? I, think, I don't I think, think those are, are bells. bells. I don't know. Ask Jack Antonoff if you have a chance. <laughs> All, right. All right. That's your that's your hot 100.
0: Yep. As for your albums chart your Billboard 200, uh, once again at number 1, Midnights mm-hmm. by Taylor Swift. Yep, yeah, still there. Coming in at 2, Her Loss, well, His Loss, But <laughs> Her Loss by Drake and 21 Savage. At three, Un Verano Sinti by Bad Bunny. Still. Coming in at four, It's Only Me by Will Baby. And we're not going to mention number five. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <does> yes. <laughs> guess. Our, our least favorite man of 2022 is back in the top five. Yes, recently. Dangerous, the double album. Marvin Wong comes back in number five. Where's the Christmas album? Where's Pentatonix? Get back in here. <laughs> Just give it a week. If you didn't like any of those albums then
1: go enjoy Christmas music, because there was no new releases. Yeah, nothing. Uh, I mean, yeah, no mainstream releases this week. Also, it looks pretty dead until, like, January. Yep. Just a heads up, we probably won't have a whole lot of new releases for the rest of December. Foreseen. Do you know if a surprise release will hit? Yes, you keep saying this. I don't think it's going to happen. It has happened in the past, so we have
0: to set the precedent. And even if it
1: does, there's a lot... Okay, I hate talking about swift rumors but there is a strong contingency of swifties that think that there's a chance that taylor announces a speak now taylor's version before her birthday on the 13th reason being that one of the songs on speak now uh what is it called i forget what it's called but yeah is it's the a pot, it's the benefit of a doubt song that i like mm-hmm. to call it where she was like talking about the, the kanye west oh god we're not going to talk about him this week by the way Um, Oh, the Kanye. Yeah, Um, yeah, uh, but anyway, about that the VMAs incident, where she's basically like giving him the benefit of the doubt during the whole song. It says like there's a line that says "32, but still growing up now," referring to the fact that he, believe it or not, was 32 at the time of this event. Well, Taylor is 32 currently until December 13th, where she turns 33. So the Swifties have a theory that there's no way she releases that. Before she turns, or after she turns 33. Well, I don't know about me. (laughs) Yes.
0: But she is
1: 33. Yes. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, I don't know how much I put in there, but it would make sense, again, the timeline for the Eras Tour lines up that she would be releasing one of these every month until March. If that's true, maybe we do speak, do do speak now this month, but we'll see. Jury's still out on that one. Also, that won't affect our top 10 Our top fives, I don't think. But mm-hmm. anyway. All right. Uh, so, with that, let's get into the music
0: news. Yes. And because it's December, everyone's going to put out their list. List time. It's list time. Yes. And the first ones to always do it are the music section. Yes, always. Um, just because by the time we get to December, you got all the streaming numbers, nothing's going to topple them. Yes. And I've had it literally a
1: whole year to and think about it. Because this is not favorites, this is just raw data. We're mm-hmm. talking about the top streamed songs on three different streaming centers, uh, networks, sorry, yep. surfaces. So first, we're going to start with
0: YouTube. YouTube. Yep. And believe it or not, Disney's Encanto, yes. a film that came out in Christmas last That's year, <laughs> has conjured um, some more musical magic, notching... <laughs> Two spots Dude. on YouTube's top ten songs of top ten song list in the US specifically, yeah, specifically for 2022 specifically. Um one of them, I bet you can guess. Yes. We don't talk about Bruno. Right. It was everywhere at the beginning of the year. It's all anyone could talk about, or rather not talk about. as <laughs> performed um, by the Encanto cast. Of and course. that took the number one spot yes. overall
1: on youtube's end of the year i ranking. mean it makes sense right families with young kids this is something that was probably available on kids youtube as well you get extra numbers with parents playing Tanto songs over and over and over again mm-hmm. plus unlike
0: a like putting on spotify or apple music you get the visual aid with it too yes, for the kids true. and it's just like just hit that little piece of YouTube over and over and over until they stop talking about Bruno.
1: I'll, also, let's be real; it's a
0: jam. It is also a jam. The <laughs> yeah. Manuel Miranda can write a hit. Speaking of writing a hit, he wrote. He also uh, wrote and co-wrote the number three song <laughs> on YouTube's yes. top ten list. Also from Encanto. Also from Encanto, the second song being "Surface Pressure" as yes. performed by Jessica Darrow. Right. Uh, so, congratulations to Encanto mm-hmm. and the Manuel. Two out of the top ten this yeah, year. Not bad. Uh, meanwhile, tracks from Latin artist Bad
1: Boonie,
0: mm-hmm. uh, Cor-, Cor-,
1: Cor-, Cor-, no. Cor yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Becky G, uh-huh. and Carol G. <laughs> no relation. No relation. Landed four other spots in YouTube's top ten U.S. songs list for 2022.
1: What about Kenny G? Uh,
0: no, he's, his time comes at Christmas time. <laughs> uh, coming in at number two on the YouTube U.S. Songs chart for the year. In case year. Where
1: you were wondering what was in the middle of Big Encanto songs. Yes. Was Kodak Black's hit Super Gremlin? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe on the power of the video, because I feel like this is, doesn't show up in, in any other of these lists. So right. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, well then, let's, let's move, move over on. to Spotify. Yeah, if you're on social media, you'll know that uh, this week uh, hit the Spotify Unwrapped, yes. the annual celebration of how much you listen to uh, the same shit uh all year um yeah and so yeah and any probably changes posted in your yours. preference well i don't have spotify anymore so uh, yes. i don't know i don't have a wrapped or unwrapped i can't well, tell you well uh we unwrapped ours
0: yes and for the third year in a row <laughs> yes midland was the number one <laughs> album and exactly. one more artist, artist that we played um mm-hmm. because we always play midland whenever
1: we go golfing that makes sense and thus That's midland is always always your there. number one yep Man, I remember. Three years I'd, in a row. I remember when it used to be just Vitamin String Quartet every year for you. Yes,
0: because <laughs> that was my study music. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, leading the pack of Spotify uh-huh. once again was Bad Bunny, uh, for who for the third year in a row was the most streamed artist globally on Spotify. Yeah. The Puerto Rican rapper and singer's tracks generated more than eighteen point five. Billion streams A lot. so far this year on Spotify, and his album,
1: Un Verano Senti, was the number one most streamed album worldwide this year. Makes sense. It was consistently in the top five basically since it came out. Yep. Um, so, yeah, this is not surprising. Uh, meanwhile, Taylor Swift was Spotify's
0: second most streamed artist overall, but the first um, most streamed female artist of the year. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> which was a repeat from 2021. Mm-hmm. Her album, Midnight's, notched the number four spot on the U.S. most streamed albums. An impressive feat given that it dropped less than six weeks ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, in addition, uh, Swift is Spotify's most viral artist of the year, meaning her music is the most frequently shared from Spotify to social platforms. Makes sense. Drake, The weekend and BTS all rounded out the top five most streamed artists globally for 2022. Spotify's most streamed song of 2022 was as it was (laughs) by Harry Styles um, with more than 1.6 billion streams globally this year. In the second and third spots respectively are Heat Waves by Glass Animals Mm -hmm. and for the second year running... (laughs) Stay with Justin Bieber by Kid Leroy. Yeah. The fourth and fifth spots both come from Bad Bunny with Mi Porto Bonito
1: and Titi Mi, Pri- Mi, Titi Mi Pregunto. So yeah, uh, again, same kind of expected people that you'd see, but slightly different than the YouTube numbers. It's it's interesting yes. how when we go over these three, there's some crossover, but not a whole lot, honestly. Makes you think of the different demographics that are watching each other or using Mm -hmm. these services. Meanwhile, I already said meanwhile. Lastly, sorry,
0: bad writing, bad grammatical writing. Don't do (laughs) meanwhile and meanwhile in the same paragraph. (laughs) Uh, Lastly, over at Apple Music, Mm -hmm. the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber took the number one spot on Apple Music's top songs of 2022 with their collaboration, Stay, which was released in the summer of 2021. Last year. Yep. In fact, Stay spent 51 days atop Apple Music's daily Top 100 uh, Global Yeah,
1: Top 100, top 100, 100 global.
0: global and remained on the chart through the rest of 2022. The Top 10 was rounded about by Harry Styles, mm-hmm. as it was. Futures, Wait For You but really it's Drake and Tim's. <laughs> Kodak, ba- Kodak Black's Super Gremlin. Adele's Easy On Me, Glass Animals, Heat Waves, Elton John, and Dua Lipa's Cold Cold Heart, Mm -hmm. um, Jack Harlow's First Class, (laughs) uh, Bad Boonie, and Checo Corleone's Me Porto Bonito, Mm -hmm. and
1: lastly, Gale's with A, B, C, D, E, F, U. Yes. Yeah, again, interesting contrast between the three here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get a lot of kids and families, like I mentioned, with YouTube. Spotify is the biggest one, so you're going to get, well, the global numbers are interesting there. Because, yeah, of course, it's going to be Bad Bunny every year. And then with Apple Music, you get more of a variety. And I think that may be because it kind of skews a little older. And I bet it skews probably mostly U.S. Or how much of that excuse because iPhones users too. Yeah, I would imagine, and so yeah, it's interesting where you kind of see these silos, and that will determine what's their biggest hits. But the consistent uh, consistency here is, of course, Harry Styles. Harry Styles, uh, Justin Bieber, and Kit Roy Bieber. stay being a
0: perennial hit,
1: apparently, like yeah. continuing to be a hit, and of course Taylor Swift. Yep. So yeah, interesting, and it gives you kind of an idea of what you're going to see at the end of the year lists, I think. You're going to see probably a lot of Taylor, a lot of Harry, mm-hmm. and a lot of Bad Bunny again. Yep. Um, which means no Beyoncé, no Lizzo. Yeah, interesting to not see yeah. Beyoncé here. Um, I feel like that's going to be a critical darling, though. So when mm-hmm. you start getting to the top, like the, the press's top lists, we already have uh, Pastes and Rolling Stones hit this week, mm-hmm. um, and Beyoncé ranked high on both of those. So yeah, look to see Renaissance a lot on the critical top 10s. But streaming-wise, didn't make much of an impact this year. Hmm. Interesting, nonetheless. Yeah.
0: Alright. Uh, did you listen to anything?
1: No. Uh, like I said, no new releases for the rest of the month. So really, right now, it's mostly catch-up trying to determine top 10s. Um, or top 15s, in my case. Because <laughs> there were way too many, way too, way many. too many albums. And I started with 22, I had to will that to 15, <laughs> and then I had to figure out five out of those, it was, it was a challenge. But uh, yeah, a lot of good music to catch up on though, this was a really strong year. So yeah, take the time with no new releases to come out, by listening and catching up to some old favorites. Instead of listening to Christmas music. Yes, unless you're that kind of person, then okay, go
0: for it. Yes, unless you're that kind of person. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yes. Anyways. Um, let's move on to video games then. Yeah. And we'll start with new releases. Yes. Some holiday releases. Yeah, not in...
1: a whole lot. Again, just like music, this is gonna mm-hmm. slow down through the month of December. Yep. Including Hello Neighbor
0: 2 for everything but the Switch. But don't be yep. don't be alarmed. You <laughs> switch switch owners get Dragon Quest treasures. Yeah. While it only belongs on the Switch. <laughs> and lastly, Samurai Maiden. Mm-hmm.
1: For the PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC. Yeah, uh, just a, just also a heads up about Hello Neighbor 2. Uh, that is a Game Pass game as well. Mm-hmm. That'll be on PC and console Game Pass. Also, uh, one note about Game Pass, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, because this is something you spend money on this year. Uh, LEGO Star Wars Skywalker Saga will be hitting Game Pass. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've already got your time out of I, it.
0: I got a whole lot but of time out I'm of it. I'm just saying,
1: now you'll have it. But again yes if, if you, you want it to play it again
0: if you haven't played lego star wars i might check, Skywalker it, out Saga I might check it out on now. the it's game, on game pass,
1: pass now. yeah it is literally a whole lot of time sucking i mean i have too many games to catch up on but maybe like in the january doldrums maybe i'll give it a shot it took me like six months to beat that game Dang. and i still haven't like 100 got the 100 percent on it are you, are you gonna do it by the end of the year no, I mean, are, ever. Are oh, you going to do it? Yeah,
0: I just have to go through the, like each individual story point and get oh, finish okay. those up. Once you finish God of War, you'll probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Someday. Someday. All right. Uh, so let's get into some video game news. Yeah, just a couple updates from last week's stories, basically.
1: Yeah, so last
0: <laughs> week we talked about Microsoft and the FTC. Yes. So, um, Microsoft is prepared to fight in court to mm-hmm. ensure it's 69. Nice billion-dollar acquisition of Activision Blizzard goes through should the U.S. Federal Trade Commission attempt to block the deal. As they said that they would. Yep. That's according to a new report by Bloomberg, which cites a person familiar with the matter. The claim follows a recent publication of a political report which alleged that the FTC was, quote, likely to file an antitrust lawsuit, to block Microsoft's proposed takeover of the Call of Duty parent. An antitrust lawsuit would mean that Microsoft would have to fight to push forward its acquisition um, in the US courts, according to Bloomberg. So according to Bloomberg's mm-hmm. source, in the event that the FTC does file that lawsuit, Microsoft is gearing up to contest that decision. Mm-hmm. According to antitrust analyst Jennifer Rye, a court fight would be hard for the FTC to win, and Microsoft could win out, though a legal battle could push the deal beyond Microsoft's expected completion date, which they currently have set at June thirtieth, 2023. Activision Blizzard's CCO has also said the company, quote, won't hesitate to fight, to make sure Microsoft is
1: successful in acquiring it. So yeah, this is uh, more or less what we expected Microsoft to do and say after we talked about last week when the FTC, uh, when the FTC was when that story came out about the FTC's intent on uh, suing them. Um, yeah, not surprising uh, that. And Microsoft does probably have a case again, like we talked about last week. The kicker here will be: will the FTC? Basically be like, okay, this is fine, but here's a list of concessions to make. And will Microsoft come to the table with concessions already to offer? The theory is is that their concession is going to be, and this was also a story that came out this week, to codify in an official form that 10-year deal for Call of Duty for mm-hmm. Sony platform. Because they've kind of unofficially been talking to Sony about that, like we reported. But until it's in writing. But the, what Microsoft's likely going to come to the FTC with is, No, we're going to make it official. We're going to make a 10-year contract with PlayStation to say, in writing, we will continue delivering Call of Duty games to PlayStation platforms until the end of this contract. Now, will that be an annual 10-year deal? Because Call of Duty is an annual franchise at this point. The tricky part about something like this is, even though on paper it looks like they're trying to appease Sony, they're really trying to appease the Mm FTC. But Sony has been so vocal... That the FTC may have been listening to them. So it's 100% based on what the FTC feels like, how valid Sony's concern is about Call of Duty. And honestly, when it comes to that question, I think the court is gonna be like, it's not that big of a deal. Well, <laughs> I think well, they're gonna look you, at Sony's like... When you're talking like, to people who probably
0: never played a Call of Duty
1: game. Again, like we talked about last week, it really depends yes. on the jury here. It really depends on how this court, like how the trial goes, because. It's depending on who you are, that's either a very convincing case. It's like, oh, what happens to Call of Duty? It's a big deal. Or it's not at all when you're like, oh, well, PlayStation can make a Call of Duty. Like, it's equivalent, right? So it's a big question about how much, they, how much they're taking a grain of salt with that Sony stuff. Or if there's something else that maybe we haven't considered that the FTC has a, a bone to pick about. Maybe King, the mobile developer that Activision Blizzard also owns, mm-hmm. maybe comes into uh, consideration here. So, Everyone's focused on Activision yeah. Blizzard that they don't... Microsoft has a Duty. very... Like, Microsoft wants King just as much as the Activision Blizzard properties because they're really not a player in the mobile game space. This would get them into a mobile game space, but would the FTC in the court have a problem with that, Be like, well, Microsoft's and everything else, why would they also need to be that big and mobile? You, are you trying to say that they're trying to throw Trojan Horse King into the
0: deal? I think, well, it's that, not like, even a Trojan goal, Horse, it's the most the obvious be... Trojan Horse in the world, it's a Trojan Horse that's adorned
1: with mobile phones. Right. Like,
0: <laughs> but that's also the one that's not getting the headline Right, no, it's not.
1: it's Call of Duty. Even stories like this leave King out of the name mm-hmm. of, of Activision Blizzard, even though they are technically Activision Blizzard King. Right. Nobody calls them that. But yeah, it's just as much of an important part in this in this purchase. So yeah, there's a lot of questions still. Uh, but yeah, it'll be an interesting an interesting situation to see this go to court. But Microsoft is saying that they are prepared to fight, and I I believe that. What if when they make the
0: deal that they just don't put out Call of Duty game for ten years? There's no way. There's be- no way. Because they just say, hey, like we'll put out Call of Duty game on all consoles over the ten year period. If we ever decide to put out a Call of Duty no, game. No,
1: there's no way, especially with the numbers that Modern Warfare 2 did this year, it is a huge deal. There's no way they stop making Call of Duty anytime soon. They're, they're skipping next year, though. Yep. But that doesn't mean we won't see Call of Duty content. Modern Warfare 2 and Warfare, uh, Warzone, Warzone 2 will probably have a big update next year in place of a traditional Call of Duty mm-hmm. game. But yeah, I don't think that that means that they're going to slow down. Uh, going forward. I think if anything this year has bolstered their confidence in Call of Duty as a brand and we'll see a whole lot more, especially after this deal goes through. Microsoft's going to want Call of Duty to be a flagship part of their company.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of updates, yes, not happening next year, but yeah. happening two days ago. Yeah. Today. Two days ago? Today. However you want Current... to... Current update. Yes. So Nintendo, for yes. Pokemon, has apologized. Finally. I mean, after backlash from fans for a performance issue in its hit selling game Pokemon Scarlet and Violet yes and pledged to make improvements to the games yes so as a gesture on mm-hmm. Wednesday the company detailed the next update coming to the games and said it was taking players feedback seriously version 1.1.0 1. <laughs> update was released on a Thursday and brought with it the first season of Ranked Battles, Mm -hmm. one of the game's competitive modes. It will also fix an issue where certain music tracks weren't playing correctly during specific battles. In a message from the platform holder, it apologized for performance issues that players have encountered, saying that it will, quote, take the feedback from players seriously and is working on improvements
1: to the game. Yeah. Close quote. So the story here is not as much the patch notes. Uh, the, the story, story here really is here, that the fans bullied Nintendo to yeah, do something. Nintendo finally had to make a statement, and they buried it in this patch note article, yes. basically. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see them. A lot of people were questioning whether Nintendo would even acknowledge the fact that the games uh, were seen to be running poorly. Game Freak themselves have yet to make a statement, which is interesting. But Nintendo having to take the bullet here makes sense. They are the publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I believe it when they say that. Nintendo usually, if they have to make, if they're dragged out to make a statement like that, they will absolutely make something happen. And so I do see it. Also, some fans are saying that this bug fix patch, even though it doesn't specifically mention anything, does improve the performance a bit. And I can back this up firsthand. It seems like some of the... uh, The theory is, by the fans here, is that it seems like some of the slowdown that was happening graphically, uh, where the frame rate would drop, especially in cities and, like, high detail areas, was caused by a memory leak that was apparently a bug that was fixed in this release. It does differ from what I hear from uh, docked mode and handheld mode. Apparently, it runs slightly smoother in handheld mode. Makes sense. Also, I did hear anecdotally on a podcast that... Some people were having more success by saving it to the Switch's internal memory as opposed to on an SD card. Uh That may fix some of it, and that's just maybe a bug that they didn't uh, realize that was there. So yeah, as they start releasing bug fixes, maybe it'll gradually get better and better. I um, have confidence that Nintendo is working on this uh, behind the scenes with Game Freak, and I'm happy that they admitted that they were wrong. I'm happy that they actually came out and said this, because that's a big move for a company as confident and usually as secretive <laughs> as Nintendo. Um, and yeah, honestly, it's good news because I feel like a less buggy, better-looking and better-running version of these games, I think the critical reaction would flip. I think that these games are good games that are buried because of their technical performance. And I think that more people would realize how good this generation is if it wasn't for that.
0: Well, I think people are... Easily comparing it to Breath of the Wild, which came out a couple of years ago. And ran out as well couple as... Ago, Six or seven years ago. Yeah, several years ago. <laughs> as well as all the performance uh, Tears of the kingdom of what they've been showing right, so far. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, yeah. Switch can do this. Can't you do this?
1: Yes, but people, uh, it's when people say that you need to realize that it's not Nintendo's internal team yes, that's developing this companies. Pokemon game. It's Game Freak. And part of the... Somebody dug up an article that was actually fascinating, an interview with Game Freak from, like, several years ago. I don't remember exactly when. That mentions, basically, the question was, is how are the dividing lines between Game Freak, uh, uh, the Pokemon company, and Nintendo? And how, mm-hmm. is that de- how are tasks delegated in Nintendo or, uh, for Pokemon games? Basically, Game Freak is the sole developer of, with, alongside Creatures, which is a, a co-developing uh, company. That They make the games. Pokemon Company is the marketing, is the merchandising, is the branding. And then Nintendo is the publisher. So the deal that they made when the Pokemon Company was uh, developed to be kind of like overseeing all the Pokemon stuff is that they are treated like siloed separate things, which means that Game Freak never asks Nintendo for help and vice versa. So Game Freak is basically on their own. Nintendo is never going to come in and be like, well, you better do this with your game because they're just the publisher. Mm-hmm. And in a publisher, all really publishers do is that they say, okay, does it work? Stamp cool. Approval. Stamp. Put it out and we'll divide the money evenly. Like, or mm-hmm. not evenly, but like, yeah, with a, a four, like, planned, like, uh, lawyer contract. Yep. And so, yeah, like, so people are like, oh, why didn't Nintendo do anything? That's why. is because that the, they're literally set this up so that way Game Freak would be able to develop Pokemon games the way they want to without company oversight from Nintendo, for better or for worse. And we're finally seeing the for worse part. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, ultimately, though, if Nintendo wants to, and this this, uh, statement... Oh, my God, Siri. If Nintendo wants to, uh, and this statement says that they do have intent, they can get people in there and be like, (laughs) all right, we need to do something about this, and that sounds like what's going to happen. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Some butts are going to be kicked over there, which, hey, if it makes a better experience for these games, which I think are legitimately good somewhere under there, like under the surface, I think that's good for everybody. So. You
0: know, anything can always be improved upon, Yeah. although it's how much you're improved upon So you're just like, what kind of mess did we make? <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, I don't know if it
1: could get any worse, though, so at least oh, there's, okay. that. There's, there's that. There's that Oh, least. you're going the other way there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, did you play any games, then? Uh, I'm into this pre-pod U, but yes, I'm trying to wrap up a uh, few games before we do top tens, although I guess it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> top fives, I should say. I keep saying top tens. Um, but yeah, so the last, uh, the last couple of days, I've been trying to iron out the last few uh, missions in neon white, the game from er- earlier in the year. Came from the summer. Yes, um, yeah, and um, I'm almost there. I'm getting, I feel like the momentum of the story is starting to wrap up. Um, I've learned a lot of backstory now. I know the details, some details that I didn't know about what happened mm-hmm. uh, beforehand. And I know some things about now the reality of heaven and the situation they're in. Yes, And also, I feel like I've gotten to... More story. You got more story yes, out of it. got more story out of it. And i finally gotten to the point where uh it feels like it's the missions i'm on right now feel like they're trying to take everything i've learned and challenge me with all of it yes which is fun and i feel like they buried it i feel a lot of people already said this about this game back when it first came out but they buried the best thing in the back end of the game there's a there's a weapon that's so much fun to use yes they buried in the second to last thing and i'm like oh my god where was this this is so so you you got to that I got to the thing that's really fun. Yes. Oh, okay, uh, yes. We'll, then you are like towards the end of the We'll game. talk about when we do our top fives. Oh Go yes. more into depth, but it there was a doldrum around the, 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 the missions with the um, where you first see the trip mines. Mm-hmm. I was starting to feel like, alright, let's let's get to it. This is kinda of dumb. And right after that, they're like, Okay, here play around with this thing and I'm like, Okay, this is fun. Yes. This revitalized my my love for that game. So, yeah. We'll talk more about it in the top five. But, yes, I should be wrapping up Neon White very soon. Okay. Um, I got to the credits of God of War. Hey!
0: Thank, thank you. for a <laughs> good story. I uh, got to the credits. got to a couple of the epilogue stuff as well. Okay. I've cleared out everything except for the trials. Okay. And the... Uh, Final, like, hard boss. Um, Mm -hmm. Not the Valkyries this time around, but rather um, the king. The king of the dead. Okay. so Or, sorry, king of the travelers. So, I just have that final boss to beat, which is, you know, because he's the final boss, like, the hard-end boss is just banging your head until you Uh get it right. Uh Uh-huh. Tricky. Yep. Uh, So, as soon as I do that, that will be 100% all trophies. Well, and then, like, the trials, but... Mm -hmm. Who cares about the trials? Who um, So, other than that, yeah, I hit credits roll, got some sort of epilogue. Cool. Um, where's my new game plus? <laughs> Patience. They'll do it eventually. I know, they'll do it just like they did with God of War 2018. Yep, yep. They'll patch in and say, now you have that's new game plus. I'm like, yes, give <laughs> me back into this because, yes, it is that good of a game. And, and yes, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. We'll talk top about it in the Top five. Looking forward to that. Other than that, I did end up playing Vampire Survivors. Hell yes! Let's do it! Let's go!
1: Okay, how'd you feel?
0: It's a roguelike! I mean, yeah, kind of. Uh, I was having some trouble with it, and then all of a sudden, something clicked on one of the levels. Literally, what happened to me? And I got all the way up to level 93. Hell yes. Did you have you gotten, like... Past that hundred, something. I mean,
1: I don't usually look at it. I just go by time, oh. like because um, that's what you're ultimately doing is you're trying to last as long as you can. Oh, I got to the point where I could just stand there, uh-huh. and
0: people would just like surround me and be like, "You can't touch this." No, 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 I can't touch this. We'll talk
1: about it more in the top fives, but one the, the reason why I like that game so much is that feel that feeling that you're describing right now when yes. you get to that tipping point yes. where you're like, oh. Oh, oh, oh I don't even sp- have to move. Oh, anymore. this is how you're supposed to play the game. Yeah. Oh, I got to that point because yeah, you're right. The first couple of rounds, I was like dying really early, and I was like, I just, I'm like, I don't get this. This is, this is not working for me. And you, what you described as that moment where it clicks, 100 happened to me too. Where so, I got to the point where I was I guess like, my okay.
0: One, I guess my only question is that, how do you beat the game
1: <laughs> without garlic? I I love garlic. Garlic's my favorite too. You can't beat yeah. the game without garlic. It's so good. I like anything that is area of effect around you. Yes. Garlic, the bibles. Yes. Um, like those are my go tos. And oh, and when you also one of the magic times in that game, I feel like we're burning some of the top five. That That's pod, fine. but nah. but yeah, um, uh, the one of the magic moments in that game is when you get to the evolved weapons. Did you have anything evolve for you yet? Yes. It feels so good i was like oh oh it does this now
0: i was kind of questioning when i first saw it like oh wait what does
1: this mean like a yeah. second weapon uh-huh. thing. i was uh-huh. like oh that's, that's what, what that it means. is it's that game's that game's cool and i feel like the more more you play it the more you unlock secrets and you're like realize oh oh this is even wilder than i imagined this could do like yeah it's it's mm-hmm. that's a magic game uh we'll talk about it more Yes. I'm glad, you're, um, I'm glad you're on board.
0: Yes. In case you haven't noticed, um, when we do our top five end of the year list, spoiler freeze. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We're being cagey here, but yes. Uh, for the, we promise for the top fives, we will, yeah. It's a, no, it's a spo- spoiler zone. It's a uh, no holds bar, yes. all spoilers. All discussion. So, yes, we'll yes. get there. All right. Uh, anything else in video games to talk about? No, I think that's it. Like I said, just going to do a wrap-up. And uh, yeah, because there's not going to be any new games to talk about probably until the new year. So. Yep. And I think with that, I have
0: probably one game from every console wow. on my list. Or at least I've played the game. They're available on multiple ways to play it, but yeah. from what
1: I've played, oh. I've played on multiple consoles. Actually, uh, I take that back. I did technically play three new things, but I'll be very brief about them. The beta for the new Pokemon uh, TCG live oh, yes. is out. I played it. Uh, played a couple of rounds. The meta for the Pokemon card game has gotten so complicated. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do it anymore. Okay. I think that it, 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 like playing modern the modern version with modern cards now feels like playing Magic: The Gathering, and I don't like it. Does it feel like you, you yet? Yeah, like that's what I'm talking about. It feels like they're they made it over the years so much more complicated than it was when I was playing it as a kid. That it's just not newbie friendly anymore. well you need new
0: cards to nerf other yeah, cards it's, it's and if free. you don't have them
1: it's so complicated now i was like i this is not fun uh for me i think though people who have kept up with the meta and are already aware of the changes that they've made will probably like it but for people who played the original and then dropped off for a while i think it's gonna be very intimidating so just know that going into it however presentation And the way that the game runs, way better than the last time that they did this. Uh, That game was like 10 years old. I'm glad that they finally did a new one. Uh, Also, I I mentioned this to you briefly briefly as well, but I finally played Kirby's Dream Buffet. Yes. uh, The other Kirby release from 2022. Uh, Nice, fun multiplayer game. Chaotic. But uh, yeah, it's a neat thing for if you have a few people and you want to play a Kirby game where you eat a lot of food. It's a minigame collection, essentially, that's kind of similar to Fall Guys in a weird way, in the way that it's like, mm-hmm. here's four things to do, and at the end, we'll rank you kind of thing. It's fun. Uh, and, it, yeah, it might be a fun little distraction, and it's only, like, $20, so it's cheap. And then, uh, lastly, in uh, just in uh, Apple Arcade uh, releases, there's a thing called SpongeBob SquarePants Solitaire, or Solitaire Pants, or something like that. I forget what it is solitaire game with spongebob it's unique in the way that it's a, a a square grid with a deck in the middle otherwise it's very similar to spider solitaire where you're stacking um above or below okay. basically and basically the hook is is that you can unlock spongebob themed decks as you play and because it's an apple arcade game you're not inundated by microtransactions or ads so, you basically, the more you play, the more you play. Like, you just keep unlocking new stuff. And there's cute references to the show. Uh, the deck I'm using, for example, right now is uh, themed on the uh, Krusty Krab training video. <laughs> so, it's P O O P. People order our patties yes. on every card. It's very cute. Um, uh, yeah, so if you like SpongeBob and you have Apple Arcade, it's a nice distraction. It's not great. And honestly, I think it's actually more challenging than I think that I in- anticipated. And so some of the quest stuff, uh, some of the stuff that they want you to do with some of the rounds is like, eh, it's a little much. I don't know how much kids are going to like it, for example, even though it seems like a very kid-friendly thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's there if you have Apple Arcade, if you like Spongebob, it's neat. But it's not going not gonna to really register for me. So yeah. I guess I did have three games, but that's, hey, it. Yeah, that's yeah. all I have to really say about them.
0: Alright. But hey, they added to our list total at yes, of the year. Yes, they did. Yes. Um, so with that, Yes. Move out of video games and into
1: television. Television, we start the second half of the show with television. And we start television with the Sports Corner. The big sports event right now, of course, is the World Cup. It has moved on to the knockout round. So yep. Round them. of 16. In fact, just as of this recording, about uh, 10 minutes before we started, the U.S. men's team was eliminated. So no more of them. Yes, they were eliminated by the
0: Netherlands. The team in orange congratulations us you scored two
1: goals <laughs> grand total oh no they scored one the today so oh, three okay. total three goals total. In, the, in the world cup something they'll still make more money for losing than the <laughs> women made for winning three times ah can you yes. believe that this sucks right yep. <laughs> glad they passed that thing that's gonna share it's the money sure going forward right. huh yep. yeah anyway uh, so yeah uh so keep tabs on whatever your country is to pick to win as they continue through the knockout rounds. Or don't watch, because it's I Qatar. Yeah. Or just maybe don't pay attention, like I haven't been paying attention. Yeah. That works too.
0: Or you, can just do, <laughs> or you can just like follow us, and yeah. we'll just tell you who wins at the end. We'll tell you if there's anything interesting that happens. How about that? Yes, because there's something that <laughs>
1: happened outside of the World Cup. Yes, Cristiano Ronaldo is leaving Manchester United and joining Saudi Arabian side Al-Nasir. For 2.5 years for $770 million. He's getting paid $306 million a year. Yeah. To play mm. for Saudi Arabia. For Saudi Arabia. Unless, sir. Speaking of human rights violations, <laughs> let's talk about Saudi Arabia. Let's not talk about Saudi Arabia. There's baggage, as you can imagine, and this is a weird move. Yes. It's got to be the money, right? Well, Live Golf was all about the money, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. We already talked about that. Seems a recurring story in sports this Weird how that happens. money, huh? Money. Money will make people do some questionable things, including <laughs> yeah. Lionel Messi, uh, a Stalker star extraordinaire, has made a deal to play with Inter-Miami, which is co-owned by David Beckham. That's, of course, a United States-based yes. organization, in yes. case D- you missed that.
0: Despite the name being Inter-Miami, yes. uh, it's not international, it is Miami for... Miami's team for the MLS so So, much like David Beckham when he came to the galaxy yes now Lionel Messi is coming
1: to Miami Not surprising this seems to be the um, it's similar in a way to baseball how your biggest stars in like the Japanese leagues will sometimes make their way to the major leagues here Except in soccer, it's always after, basically, they've had a very full and uh, fruitful career. Mm-hmm. They'll eventually just be like, I don't know, I'll play in the U.S. for a little bit, just like Beckham did. I'll play in the U.S., yeah. I'll go out to commercials, right? I'll, I'll make all the brand deals, and, like, yeah, like, Get the beach in Miami. And this will bring people to Miami football games. Or, sorry, soccer games. Yes. Uh, Yeah, this will definitely bring the crowds. It's not surprising why this would work for both ends of this deal. Mm -hmm. Eh, whatever. If Messi wants to make money, sure. At least he's not playing for Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Anyways.
0: Anything else you want to dig in that? That's
1: it. I'm done talking about that. Meanwhile... In college sports, the NCAA has approved playoff expansion from four teams to twelve teams, starting in 2024. Those extra games are expected to generate roughly 400 450 million dollars in revenue for ESPN and the CFP and its members. So, more playoff games for the college uh, games. How do you feel about this? Um,
0: so. Good and bad. I mean, maybe it means the bowl games will actually mean something now.
1: That seems to be that again. That seems to be is that like what they're trying to do.
0: Yes, but again, those twelve teams means that it's six game. No, six games, eight four. Yes, no eight eight, eight teams. Eight, so four four. So additional four bowl games will matter
1: mm-hmm.
0: because four will get the bye, and then those four teams will play the winner of the eight.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. A winner of the eight, and that's how you get. Yeah. And those four. Right. And then those eight will play, and then it will be the
1: four, and then it will be the two. two. Yeah. Yep.
0: That makes Maths. sense.
1: Brackets so, and math. So uh, does this? do you think that this will make it a little bit more fair? Do you think more teams will be involved? I think it.
0: it's a way for them to get out of becoming two super conferences. Yes. Of yes. SEC and Big Ten, yeah. or Big 12 or whatever it is. I think, and that, now. I think now that you have it out to 12 teams, Winner of your conference gets an auto-bid. Mm-hmm. And then whatever the next four teams are. Okay. Um, choose whoever has the best record to get those first four buys. Yeah, But this does mean that winning your conference actually matters this time. It sounds like it. And you actually have a shot at a finals. And it took us a long time, <laughs> but we finally got here outside of... we had a computer do it for the longest time? Yeah. Computer rankings. And then
1: coaches ballots, and then AP polls. It's honestly too complicated. It is. It's honestly a mess. And if they can simplify this, I hope they do it soon. Yes.
0: Uh, But yes, this does mean that whoever becomes that 13th team is SOL. (laughs) Well, hopefully it's not your favorite
1: team then. It just means that you don't want to be unlucky 13. No, No. No one does. Let's move on. Uh, speaking of that, this year's bowl games will be announced on Sunday, so yep. get ready. Uh, this week is uh, championship weekend. All
0: championship games will be played uh, yesterday, today, and I yes. believe tomorrow as well. I'm not, I don't think so. I think it's just today, yesterday, and today. Um, USC, who was previously ranked fourth, lost wow. last night against Utah in the Big in the Pac-12 championship. Mm. So, because they lost. And it's a good chance they're gonna fall out of that number four ranking and miss their chance on making the playoffs. Yikes. Yikes. Which gives the Ohio State, the Ohio State. a chance back into uh, the top four. Alright, well, we will see on a Sunday. Yep. And we will have uh, we will know who will be selected as the top four yes.
1: on next week's podcast. We will. Also on Sunday, uh, less exciting news. Uh, everybody's least favorite football player will be back in the league playing a game. Deshaun Watson. Yes, that Deshaun Following
0: Watson. Following his 11-game uh,
1: suspension. He's back playing now for the Browns? Yes. Uh, right, yes, that's how that went down. Yeah, against his former home, the Texans, uh, this At, uh, Texas, Texas. Texan Stadium. Oh boy, Inter- I don't Inter- want to be RG there. Stadium. I don't want to be there when that
0: happens. No. Uh, <laughs> supposedly, all of the accusers for Deshaun Watson have been
1: invited to the game. Oh, oh there's nothing good about this. There's nothing good about this. This um, sucks. Yeah. All the way around, the Browns knew what they were doing when they signed him. Well, the Browns knew what they were doing when they made his deal one
0: hundred percent guaranteed Ugh.
1: money. It's embarrassing, it's it's a blemish on the league, it's a blemish on the team. It makes it impossible to want anything good for the Browns, a perenni- perennially underdog team, who Unaccepted. used to be fun to root for. It used to be fun to be like, hey, what if the Browns were good? Now, you have know, this situation and where... And had Baker, but, Right, exactly. We know how that ended up. Um, but yeah, yeah so it, now it's a lose-lose situation, right? Because if they're good, if Deshaun Watson actually makes them better, it sucks, because Deshaun Watson is winning. But... If the, they, they lose, then the Browns are still
0: so bad. It's like... Well, you know, you can win a game without passing yards. Theoretically.
1: <laughs> in the modern
0: NFL, maybe? I don't yes. know. Uh, and I'm rooting for that because Nick Chubb's on my fantasy football team. Come on, Nick Chubb! <laughs>
1: <laughs> you love Nick Chubb. Oh, the big Chubb. The full Chubb. Well, uh, well at least you have a Chubb to look for. To look Sunday. <laughs> I wish we all did, honestly. <laughs> uh, let's move on, though. That's it for sports, unless you have anything else to add.
0: Uh, just some baseball signings, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I saw DeGrom. Yep, DeGrom uh,
1: signed for five years. Ranger now? Five years for the Rangers. What? Okay, I mean, I personal reasons why I do not want the Rangers to be better. Uh, because they're in our division. But uh, hey, speaking of underdog, perennially underdog teams, maybe? Maybe it'll be exciting if they have some power on their on their side, but
0: we'll see. Well, for a pitcher who plays one position rather yeah, than, like, right. Otani who plays two positions. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know what? Everything's less exciting when you compare it to Otani, <laughs> let's be real. So, yeah. Hey, uh, we can do that for about
0: another three years.
1: <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. Please, I hope. One at least, but maybe three. We'll see. All right. See what happens. All right, anyway, that's it for sports. Let's move into television news, why don't we? Start, a
0: bit of slow news week. Yeah,
1: slow news week. But we start with Prime Video, uh, which is now, hey, the number one subscription streaming outlet in the U.S., finally supplanting Netflix. That's according to an annual ranking compiled by research firm Parks Associates. So for many years in the 2010s, its ratings looked consistent uh, with the former big three of Netflix, Prime Video, and Hulu sharing the top three spots always with Netflix at the top. It was ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. It's the thing when you think of streaming. It's the first one, the original, the OG, uh, Netflix. Today, though, the rankings are much more fragmented, given how how many new players have entered the scene, your Disney Pluses, etc. Amazon said last year it has more than 200 million Prime members, and, of course, Prime Video is among the Prime program's benefits. Several weeks ago, the company also recently said The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, has been viewed by more than 100 million Prime subscribers worldwide. Meanwhile, Netflix has hit a plateau in the U.S. We've talked about this a lot this year, Mm -hmm. even shedding a small amount of subscribers over recent quarters. The company reported 73.4 million subscribers in the U.S. and Canada as of September 30th, up 100,000 from the previous quarter, but below levels in 2021 and earlier this year. On a global basis, of course, Netflix continues to lead the field with a bit more than 223 million subscribers. This is because some of these streaming services are different or unavailable in some parts of the world. Netflix is the exception. Uh, Disney has been hot on its heels, though, with Disney Plus now at 164.2 million, and the company overall reaching 235.7 million across Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and I'm going to add this because it's not in the story, Star, Star. which is a global branding that they also use. So So it depends on how you want to skew those numbers. Exactly, (laughs) and that's what there is to unpack here. We kind of briefly talked about this pre-pod, which is Mm -hmm. Amazon is skewing these numbers a little bit because they're counting everybody who has a Prime membership. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're using Prime Video a lot. They just have access to Prime Video. As they mentioned, they want to push that... A number involving lord of the rings because mm-hmm. probably the only time a lot of these people have used prime video was to watch rings of power and then or, they probably didn't touch it again or or football as you mentioned thursday night football the thursday night football push was big for them i imagine mm-hmm. probably drove a lot of access uh for people who already had prime and wanted to check it out yep. on their existing service so and again yes netflix has plateaued and that's going to Affect these numbers going forward. All right, and at the beginning
0: of the year, we talked about Netflix losing subscribers. So yes, it yeah. is hitting a plateau of losing
1: more than gaining. But you're talking about a difference of like fifty thousand subscribers. Yeah. And of course, this also and with Disney Plus's news this year, with the corporate shakeup and the restructuring happening again under Iger's control, you're probably going to see the Disney Plus numbers as a huge point of interest going into 2023. Whether or not Iger's changes that he plans to make to streaming. What happens on streaming as opposed to what is released to theaters will affect streaming uh, like audience or not. Whether that number goes up or down will be 100% based on what Iger decides. Whether he wants to throttle more stuff, like control and maybe less stuff happens on the platform or more stuff. Whether he chooses to increase the price, lower the price. A lot of these variables we won't know until Iger makes his plans more clear. So we'll see. Interesting uh, numbers, though, and interesting comparison points to make here. So, yeah, it's a history. But streaming, it's uh, here to stay, like it or hate it. Yeah, um, one thing here is that it
0: only says the number of subscribers. It does not mention the actual financial accountants behind each company and how much they're actually technically losing. Yes, so, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Because as much as Amazon wants to go out there and promote, yes, 200 million Prime members, 100 million watching Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. How much of that is actually bringing
1: you any revenue compared to what you did in production? He spent a lot of money on that. Oh, uh, yes, they did. A lot did. of money on that. So, we'll see. Our second story in television is really a movie story, but whatever. It's a slow week. I'll give this to you. It's
0: going to show on TV. Yeah, but it's a movie
1: story. Yes. Anyways, we're talking about Oscars. It's that time of year. We start seeing some Oscar-bait movies coming out very soon. Yep. Um, if they're not already out. So, yeah, well, we got good news for the people who are excited to watch the Oscar ceremony early next year. Finally, all 23 categories will be aired during the Oscars 2023 telecast. Bill Kramer, CEO of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, announced the news, quote, I can confirm that all categories will be included in the live telecast. This, of course, comes after eight different Oscar categories, original score, makeup, hairstyling, documentary short, film editing, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound were all cut from the main telecast last year at the 2022 ceremony, leading to, of course, much outrage across the film industry and the Media Boat podcast. Yes. (laughs) Since his appointment in June, Kramer has said he's had many conversations about restoring the missing categories. Quote, we are thrilled to be in a position to execute that. Jimmy Kimmel, as we mentioned on the show before, will return for the third time to host the Oscars. And the 95th Academy Awards will take place on March 12th, 2023, day after my birthday, live from the Dolby Theater at Ovation Hollywood. Yes. Uh,
0: Jim Kramer... uh, Jim Kramer.
1: Not Jim
0: Kramer. That would be be weird. Yes. Bill Kramer also came out and said that this 95th Academy Awards will start to set the precedent for the buildup of the 100th Academy Awards Ah, in five years. So he wants things to be worked on now mm-hmm. over the next four <laughs> ceremonies. Right. Leading up to the
1: 100th Academy Awards. All right. Well, could be exciting. Uh, I hope they do some cool things with the format. hope they play around with it because the Oscars are always better when there's a hook to them, when there's something interesting happening. So do you get Billy Crystal, just pencil him in for the Absolutely 100th? not. No. Have you seen that, man, in 2022? <laughs> I mean, uh, you could have seen him on, uh, on Broadway with Mr. Saturday Night. Uh <laughs> When John I mean, Hardy? No, not that. No, not Mr. That. Saturday night. <laughs> not that. Mr. Saturday night. <laughs> I think I made the opposite <laughs> joke when we talked about John Hardy. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> Billy Crystal? Yes. And I brought it back. You brought it back. So this is why you Always listen to do. all
0: episodes. Yes. For those sick, you're going to miss
1: so many references if you don't watch, listen to every single hour plus podcast every week. What are you doing? Yes, it's
0: only a week. We're record this in a day you have a whole week to listen to it <laughs> i feel like it's all in your
1: playground now <laughs> yeah balls in your court I don't yes, know. yes balls in your yard anyways let's move on talk about some thoughts we both watched a show you watched the more relevant thing so uh talk about, and i saw clips of this not clips of it it was let's put it this way this was on on a television that was in front of me however i was also playing the board game pretty pretty princess with my niece <laughs> when this was happening so i wasn't watching it 100 percent Okay. But it didn't but it was happen on in front the of it. it was on in the background. And so I saw parts of it, and I got the gist of what was happening. Yes. Tell me about Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special on Disney+. Plus. This
0: isn't interstitial. It's another one of those Marvel uh, special presentations, much like they did with Werewolf by Night, where it's a yes. special presentation. Yes. It's its own self-contained story, apart from everything else, and may or may not actually have ramifications in the future. Probably not. Uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy, probably so. Oh. Because, Guardians of, the Galaxy to... because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 yes. um, is coming out next year. So they used this special to help set up kind of what happened between endgame and what's going to happen in Volume 3, uh, like who, where they are, what is the team of Guardians, the new ship kind of like giving you an established baseline mm-hmm. so you don't have to go into Volume 3 being like wait this is completely different from what I saw in Volume 2
1: and I completely missed Endgame mm-hmm. for some reason and like if, right, were... if, you, if the, the imagined person who only watches the Guardians movies and skipped the Avengers movies right that's what you're saying
0: yeah like if you didn't like realize that Gamora is no longer with the team they go in and right. explain like why why that is <laughs> yeah didn't end great for her no no <laughs> Um, so, it's a holiday special. Yeah. Um, it's named a Christmas special based off of the S- Star, Star Wars, Wars Christmas, Christmas special. special. It right. even begins
1: kind of in a kitschy animated way to yes. make you think of that special. Yes. Um, but it's not animated. In, no, that No, it's right.
0: live action. Yeah. Um, and the premise is that, uh, Drax and Mantis mm. want to surprise yes. Peter Quill. Oh boy, do they. Christmas, by getting in his number one hero, uh-huh. Mr. Kevin Bacon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of course, because this is a Disney thing, they do get Kevin Bacon. Yes. He is in this thing. Uh, so is Kira Sedwick by phone. Yeah, but of course. <laughs> you can't not.
0: Yes. Uh, it's what you would think. It, it's what you expect. It's goofy. Yeah. It's kind of funny in points. Uh, but yeah, it's. It tries to do, like, oh, like, the holiday spirit and magic. Yeah. But at the same time, it kind of more skews towards just, like, and hijinks ensues uh-huh. more so than it does, like, about the spirit of Christmas. It does throw up uh, several little backstory plot points between uh, Yondu and uh, Peter Quill. Uh, that's like, oh, like, that's why that happens. Or that's why that happens. And it kind of gives more meaning into kind of, like, kind of like the one-off stuff that they have. Uh, Which I think is nice. It's always good when you can throw an extra backstory like that. Makes things that you may have intended, but didn't get across quite uh, on purpose, like the first time. More impactful when you see it later. Sure, yeah. Uh, But overall, it's a fun Christmas special. Um, I prefer Werewolf by Night. I think I would be watching that one more so on an annual basis. Sure. Than this on a Christmas basis every year. Yeah. But... It's fun. Yeah. Excellent. It's surprisingly yeah.
1: better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, yeah, uh, it's what you th- would, would hope something Guardians of the Galaxy branded is. It's like fun. You can just st- stick around with these characters who you really like. That's the whole hook of the Guardians, right? Mm. Is that there's characters that are all fun in their own unique ways. And it's fun watching them interact with each other. Is the reason why everybody liked the video game. Yeah. Is because like just on a base level, it's fun to watch these characters do their thing and do their quips. Specifically, Drax and Mantis here. Uh, who didn't get a whole lot of screen time in volume two, so it's nice to see them kind of. Not just in volume two, here.
0: but in uh in game in, two. In, uh,
1: yeah, no. Infinity war. Infinity in, war, NG. sorry. Yes, not in game. You're right. Yes. Uh good point. <laughs> I have the hardest time remembering who was affected by that and yes. who wasn't. Because I'm not like that invested. So it's like I have to even be reminded, Oh wait, they were snapped but they weren't. Yes. Who would... yeah, it's hard to remember
0: but yeah. anyway. Uh but anyways they're it one thing it does really well is actually explore Mantis's powers, yeah, and just gives it more like broad reaching, like oh, like that's actually what she does, not just like like an empath and like telepathic, right, like right. That.
1: More clearly what her powers
0: are. Yeah, I think that was really good because like even going into Infinity War, I was still like, <laughs> you, you do did, something,
1: sure. I mean, Christy didn't even remember that Mantis existed when yes. we started seeing stuff. She was like, wait a minute, was she from two? Have I seen two? And I was like, no, you haven't yes. seen two. It's like I thought I did. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very it's such a convoluted big convoluted big universe. It's hard to keep track of that stuff, but it is fun when they do stuff like this that is its own story. But yes, you're right. Does have potential effects on the sto- bit, the larger story going mm-hmm. forward. But it can be enjoyed by itself as well. Yeah. And If you like hey, Kevin Bacon, there's a lot of Kevin Bacon. In there's this. a lot of <laughs> Kevin Bacon in this. There's also a lot of like played straight for laughs yeah. kind of bits. It's what you want. Yeah. It's what you want. Well, I'm glad that that's fun. It was a fun little thing. Uh, I watched something that's uh, also a fun little thing. Um, I don't have it on here because I forgot about it. But uh, it might be on my top five. What did you watch? So I was, every year I am convinced to watch exactly Quantity One anime. Yes. I'm not a big anime person, as I've talked about on this podcast before. Yes. But Last so year, long, you watched Evangelion. Yeah, I know. And then the year before that, I watched uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena and talked about that. Mm-hmm. So, But this one's a new anime. This is something that is this calendar year, 2022. Okay, I watched something called Bochi the Rock. It is, and the premise is, and follow me here. Uh, the, 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 the premise is, is that it's basically a musician uh, girl who is a solo guitarist kind of taught, self-taught, and is very, very socially anxious. So she's somebody that doesn't have a whole lot of friends. She's somebody, basically, she has a YouTube page where she plays a lot of guitar. She's very good. She's very adept. But her friends are basically internet friends, people who comment on her videos. In real life, she's very shy, doesn't have a lot of friends in high school. She's, But she has this dream in her head that she wants to ultimately join a band and be a super successful musician. The problem is, is, in order to do that, she has to interact with people. And that is a big brick wall in front of her. And so the series explores, hey, what if she did join a band? And has these other girls that actually approach her and say, like, hey, we need a guitarist. So the show takes this pretty basic premise and it does some really interesting things with it. So you get to see her internal monologue with herself going through her own anxiety in really creative ways. You know how one of the things I loved about Tuka and Bertie is that they're willing mm-hmm. to play around with animation styles. They really go into the in, the imagination of the characters and have fun with that both style, stylistically and like thematically. This show does that same bit where like when when the main character who's nicknamed Bochi, which I believe is Japanese for like lonely or loner, Um, Mm -hmm. her bandmate's nickname heard this in the first episode. Um, but yeah, she, you get to see her, like, in her struggle, in, like, metaphor, like, animated in front of you. One of the, one of the funniest moments is she imagines herself as a Godzilla-style kaiju. Like, like, that's how she feels about, like, interacting with other people. She feels like this thing that's unloved, this giant monster. Not too dissimilar to that Taylor Swift lyric from Antihero. actually, now that I think about it. (laughs) Um... And there's other ones where it's, like, she has, like, these, like, freak-out moments where she realizes she has to do something, interact with other people. Like, oh, I have to work? And then you get to see this, like, claymation version of her, like, being, like, assaulted by things. And, like, I don't even want to spoil all of those moments, but there's some really creative things happening in animation style. There's all sorts of different animation. At one point, one of the freak-outs she has, she it goes into, like, this weird pixelated 3D image kind of thing for a little bit. And then it's all this dialogue about, like, well, I have to do this, like... And it's... But at the same time as being super imaginative and creative, it's also very accurate to how it feels to have social anxiety. I don't know if you know this about me, but this is something that I have personally struggled with. I, like, less... Less so now, but more so in, like, in college and in high school, I had a very hard time kind of, like, there's just certain blocks that i have which is like oh i have to go and interact with people to do this um, i've all passed like even going to the grocery store sometimes it's like uh, how do i don't want to have to deal with people can i put this off a little bit it's very realistically depicted here like there's moments where uh the one i actually mentioned to christy when i was selling her on the show i don't think she's sold um, <laughs> is she goes she has to go to this club to practice with her uh band but she gets there before her friends get there and The door is closed and she's like, wait, should I go in there? What if there's somebody like at the manager or something? Like, I don't know. Like, should I even go in there? Who am I going to talk to? Is it going to be awkward? I'll wait five more minutes. And then I'll wait 10 more minutes. I'll wait 15 more minutes. And so she's just pacing around in a circle in front of the door before her bandmates finally show up. And like, you can go in, you know? And she's like, Sorry. (laughs) It's just so cute and so accurate to how it feels to be anxious and to like not necessarily want to, you know, inconvenience anybody and constantly be Mm -hmm. doing that dance in your head about like, should I do this? I know it's probably very hard for you (laughs) to do this. You are the opposite of this in every way. But trust me, it's very accurate to how that feels. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side of this, it's also a very uh a very like uh, interesting kind of study about what it is to be in a band and what the steps you have to take to be in a band uh in japan like it goes into the the actual like like economy of okay you need this many tickets for the venue to like pay you out and it goes into like actually like oh yeah and this is how this works Like also you have to have a side job and you can work at the club like the music scene in Japan seems slightly different than it is here in the U S and the show actually does a pretty decent job of giving you an idea of how it works and how these bands do make their money and what it is like to, and kind of have like, oh like and it does have a conversation during one of the episodes with somebody who used to be in bands and talk about like what it is after that. And like, uh, yeah, it, it's a fascinating show. It's wrapping up very soon. I believe tomorrow is episode nine Crunchyroll is doing a um, a, a stream like a, a what's the term when they do it at the same time for jap uh, for Japan and for here simultaneous release so, yeah simultaneous stream <laughs> thing so I've watched this more or less in real time now uh, so I caught up on all of the eight released episodes last week and then the ninth episode comes out tomorrow um, so yeah I'm very excited to see how they wrap it up um, and because uh, yeah these are fascinating characters they're all fun in their own way and. It's exploring some actually really interesting themes. Oh, yeah. And also, the music's actually really good, it turns out. It's, like, totally in my wheelhouse. So, yeah, I, I I love this thing, and it's been a lot of fun. I like how you're just bringing up random anime GIFs now, but like, yep. not even related to the thing we're talking about. Is this about. not
0: related to it? No, not at all.
1: No? okay. <laughs> You've gotten that. You no, no, I'm, a almost, I'm, to be, I'm about to hear. I know. Some of them are, and some of these yeah. are not. But, yeah, it's just such a creative show. It is doing things like some of my favorite animated shows in the last five years have been shows that are willing to try things that are out of the norm of their presentation. And this does that in anime. And I think that that, more shows should do this and explore animation as a genre, as a format, and have fun with that and make that relate directly with the themes of the show that you're talking about. And I think this does that just as successful as something like Tuka and Birdie does. And yeah. It's it's been a blast, and I'm uh, very excited to wrap it up tomorrow.
0: Starting into that, um, Disney or sorry, Lucasfilm did announce that they were going to continue doing the anime.
1: Yes, stuff. Yes, that's exciting. So I mean, you really enjoyed of, that stuff. Guess, so, yeah. um, so so it was this is part cool of like the expansion of that.
0: Yeah, honestly, yes. Uh, like yeah, no, there's a show that uh, friend of the show Lily yes. hasn't wanted me
1: to watch. Um, family assassination, assassination family. Sp- oh, spy, spy, spy family. family. Yes. yes, that's also on the Crunchyroll. I think you probably that would probably be up your alley. Yes, she keeps telling me I should watch that. There you go. I think I should watch it. <laughs> hey, anime. We don't talk about a whole lot of here on the podcast, but uh, yeah, um, it, this is the thing that convinced me to get a Crunchyroll account. So maybe I'll keep it. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. If there's anything else that is like this, I'm excited to explore it. And so, yeah, I'm not against anime. It's just that the super, like the the your usual. Uh, shonen stuff mm-hmm. like your dragon balls and your my hero academia just don't do anything for yeah. me but stuff like this more character centered more like with music as like a hook and like i don't know exploring different like mental health things like that stuff gets me and i think this is why it works this show uh Bochy the rock works for me well
0: that's why food wars got me because it's about food cooking yeah that's mean, it, it gets out of like the like simple like combat being struggles yes. just like let's make food
1: let's make cooking but, yeah. like, intensified. Not every anime is about a fighting tournament. Yes. It may seem like it, <laughs> but if you dig under the surface, you'll find ones that aren't. And I think that uh, once I realized that, I think I was like, oh, yeah, I could get into some of this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's uh, all I watched this week. Uh, everything else is kind of on pause for the holidays. So, uh, new shows will be returning in the new year. Yep. Um,
0: like I said last week, several shows are having their fall wrap ups yes. and Christmas beginning uh, i'm not gonna put down the thoughts but we did watch the tree lighting ceremony congratulations the tree is now lit <laughs> congratulations tree <laughs> congratulations tree uh Rockefeller tree you are now lit and holiday season can begin lit af yep so uh one <laughs> thing that's on my list is the holly dolly Christmas oh right, yes we'll probably special. watch that
1: as well we'll probably, we'll, probably check that out. we'll probably have that next week yes yeah because i think christy and i determined like it's a little too... It still feels a little too early for Christmas specials. Maybe next week. Yes. <laughs> but I keep moving that, like, down, like, a little, little later. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So that's it for Television Thoughts. Let's move into cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? Well, Hulu is bringing back Tell Me Lies for a second season. True. So more lies. Or false. Yeah, more lies are coming. PBS will be bringing back Miss Scarlet and The Duke for a fourth season that I believe is in their masterpiece, uh, whatever. Yeah. Don't call it Masterpiece Theater anymore. It's like Masterpiece. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paramount Plus is bringing back Tulsa King for a second season. Netflix has canceled The Midnight Club after one season. Apple TV is bringing back Surface for a second season. Those are your cancellations. Renewals. One quick death. Sad one for the music community. Christine McVee, one of the members of Fleetwood Mac has died unfortunately at the age of 79 of course is in the rock and roll hall of fame with the members of fleetwood mac songwriter uh some of her penned uh fleetwood classics include don't stop and everywhere uh, she also had a little bit of a solo career also songwriting for other artists uh yeah uh definitely one of the reasons why fleetwood mac was as popular as they are um one of the yeah, like there's a lot of stories about that band and like Christine was like seen as like this rock that kind of held them together or like this glue. Mm-hmm. Um and when things were fraught. Like of course there's, you know, the 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 legend of the recording of rumors and how, you know, different lovers spats and divorce was happening at the time of that recording and a lot of drug use and how everything was chaos. And yet, it created this classic album. Mm-hmm. Well, Christine, during all that, was seen as like this binding force, and was kind of like united the the, the separate parts of the band and kept them together to record it. So, yeah, uh, definitely a sad one, definitely a loss. Uh, first person from Fleetwood Mac, I think. I don't know how it breaks down, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if actually I don't know if they've lost anybody before Christine. I'm not sure. I know Stevie Nicks is still alive. Yes, and I know Lindsey Buckingham is still alive. I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm pretty sure I saw this with the first person from it. Yeah, you might be right. So, yeah. Uh, so, as I mentioned to Christy once I saw this. All right, Stevie Nicks watch. Somebody watch her at all times. <laughs> we can't lose Stevie Nicks. Anyways, so let's move on. Uh, we have no other deaths, thankfully. So, that's yes. it. So, we bring that to the last portion of the show here, which is movies. And we always start the movie section with the weekend box office numbers. As movie uh, watching starts to tick down to the new year, at least until Avatar comes out, your number one is still Black Panther Wakanda Forever at $45.6 million this week, uh, bringing that to a domestic total of three hundred and sixty-seven. already one of the most uh, successful movies of the year. So yep. congratulations to Black Panther. Number two coming in, and unfortunately they for Disney, bo- continuing, to, continuing to not make as much money, Strange World. With only a $12 million uh, amount this week. That's at 18 That's 18 over the Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. I blame brutal. marketing on this. Honestly, I do too. I feel like it was nowhere. And it did not apparently convince anyone who wasn't already going to see this to see this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's important to, of course, release family movies uh, as counter-programming to these bigger blockbusters. But... Ultimately, if your family doesn't know what this thing is or about, then it's going to be harder to convince. Also, Strange World is a bad title. It's a bad It's a bad move, honestly, yeah. Everything about this spelled disaster before it even came out. Not surprising that it's bombing in the way that it is. And yeah, uh, sad to see. And it will not be even close to making any money. So, yeah, very sad. Should have switched this with uh, some of the Pixar ones. Honestly, yes. Turning Red should have been a... Th- Uh, uh, theatrical release and put it here I feel like if that had they replaced and made a theatrical run for Turning Red right now it probably would have done way way better speaking of things that are in the conversation lately in uh, movie twitter about things that would have done better with a larger theatrical window Glass Onion uh, that is the second in the Knives Out films from Ryan Johnson we will be talking about it we saw it but not that many other people saw it because in the one weekend of release it made 9.4 million dollars uh, 13.2 million total right now, and we'll probably stop there because it is going to get exclusive no, uh, streaming treatment when it's released on Netflix from here on out. Yep, it'll get be on
0: Netflix for Christmas, which means that it's going to get three weeks of just nothing. But yeah. hey, at least it now qualifies for the Oscars because it true. was
1: in theaters
0: that's why they did for, a
1: weekend, for a week run. Honestly, though, I think all you'll see, just like with Knives Out, is you'll see a Scripting. screenplay. Scripting. You'll see a screenplay, yep. and that's it. I don't think it'll show up. Even though Janelle Monae yes. uh, does do a tour. We'll talk about it. But yeah, I think she's the reason to see this thing beyond just being a good movie. Yes, money. that but, Janelle Monet. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it in a moment. But before that, rounding out your top five here. Number four, Devotion, with $5.9 million, adding to a $9 million total. And rounding out your your five, at number five, The Menu, with a $5.4 million this week. 18 total domestic. In case you're wondering, your two big uh, releases this past week. Your Oscar bait films. or at least one of them is Oscar bait. Your Spielberg. The Fablemans, a measly $2.2 million. I guess nobody knows that this thing is out again, a failure of marketing. Yep. And Bones and All, He Ate the Bones, $2.2 million. Who has horror
0: in Christmas. Yeah. Uh, expect to see Violent Night on this list yes. next week. Violent Night.
1: Next week. Uh yeah, weird time for movies. Yeah, like you, like I mentioned, there is a conversation right now about like, is this really when we start should start talking about theatrical releases again and making that the norm because like, the divide between streaming and theatrical now seems really weird and blurry, mm-hmm. and I think the twenty twenty three will be this rethink of how the studios do it going forward. We'll see. Speaking of how the studios do it. What they like to do is give you teasers about new movies. Oh, no, All about upcoming releases. Oh, sorry, I forgot about upcoming releases because I didn't realize there were any this week. Yes, but there are. Uh, believe it or not, uh, this coming week is, of course, Avatar. Nope. We talked about those last week. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Because nope. I remember I asked you. Wait, that's the Brendan Fraser one, and you said yes. Yeah, but. <laughs> That's coming out, get yes. a wider release this yeah, week. Yeah, wider release this week, The Whale, with Brendan Fraser, and Empire of Light. Yes, you're but, a week ahead. But then then it's Avatar, and everything else, and that's pretty yes, much it for the year. Yep. <laughs> So look forward to that, I guess. Alright, anyways, with that being said, now let's talk about trailers. Some big trailers for the upcoming year of releases were released this week. First up, let's just go in order here. First up, the Super Mario Brothers movie we got a second proper trailer here. Yep. Um, more of a story trailer this time. Yeah, did a better job of basically discussing what the stakes are and what the setup is for the story. Yep. More Chris Pratt in this. More Charlie Day in this. Yes, we got to see Luigi. We got to see uh, Anya T- Taylor-Joy's Peach. Yes. Uh, we got to see uh, Donkey Kong. Yes. Seth <laughs> Rogen's Donkey Kong. We got to see, not here. Not here. Can't wait. Um, yeah. I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about this movie.
0: It looks really good, though. You're into it? Okay. It really looks good. Um, when we saw this before the trailer of Black Panther, uh, we both kind of got excited
1: watching it. It was like, yeah, this looks pretty good on a big screen. Yeah. Um, what I will say about it is it does seem, one, it kind of feels like they're going for the thing that everybody wanted Wreck-It Ralph to be that Wreck-It Ralph wasn't, yes. which is a video game-ass video game movie it seems like it's checking all the Mario boxes that you want. Mm-hmm. And I think that fans are going to appreciate that because I think there's a lot of going to be Easter eggs that are actually for them. Yes. There's a lot of very game-specific things that are discussed in there. Like the idea of having a galaxy of different Mario places to go to, like Super Mario Galaxy, mm-hmm. talking about power-ups like the, the Fireballs and like donut platforms. That's Mookie said said it's a new case very specific game references that you'd only know if you played the games but again mario is one of the most popular games in the world so these are not as niche as maybe some people want to give it like (laughs) give it credit for so i'm a little that's where i'm a little iffy about story-wise it seems interesting that they're synthesizing a lot of different mario stories it seems like they're picking and choosing from the game's and from even other media properties, it seems like there's going to be a element of the Super Mario Brothers movie that exists here, including them being actual plumbers mm-hmm. and maybe being actually from Brooklyn, which is weird because it's very much in the or yeah the video game version of that yes. I guess yeah and hints that there is like hints even that like some marketing taglines being from the television shows of the past and i'm like just like wow they're so they're basically bringing in just raking in every mario thing that has ever existed and somehow distributing it into this film it might be a little too much and that's kind of where i'm like i'm gonna wait until the movie is out to make any call here yeah i don't know wait that long no uh, april yes Uh, so yeah i don't know it'll be interesting other trailers, uh, we have a name now for the fifth Indiana Jones film, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and we have a trailer. I did not watch this. What did you think? Uh, Harrison Ford is an old man. Oh, well, we knew that. Well, we All knew right. that in Crystal Skull.
0: But Harrison Ford is an old man. I think uh, this was also part of the teaser trailer that they showed at D23, hmm. exclusively for those who were able to attend. But they just called Indiana Jones 5 there. Yeah. Now have an official name, Dial of Destiny. And it's weird, because he is a lot older, yet it's still set in, like, Nazi-50s? <laughs> yeah, what? 40s? Late 40s? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, interesting to see where they go here, but this is supposed to be the yeah. end of Indiana Joe, so maybe he does die, and it accepts his know. destiny, yeah. or he picks up the phone, because Destiny called. Yeah, how do you feel about that name? Dial of Destiny? Yeah, I feel...
1: There's something weird about it. Well, it's supposed to know. reference Sundial. Yeah, but, like, di- Dial... Yeah, di- the, the idea of a Dial as being a thing of destiny does not strike me as important or interesting in he, any way.
0: Well, he's literally answering the call of destiny.
1: Yes. Call like, to action. I don't love it. Answer the call to action. is a literal call to action. Yeah, too literal. <laughs> I don't love it. I don't love it, yes. but whatever. We'll see. Uh, I hope it's good. I hope Do Parents Do you... I hope it's good, because honestly, I do. I do hope it's good. It'd be nice to have another uh, Indiana Jones movie that doesn't suck, that doesn't immediately get written off the books as being That doesn't have Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, I mean, like, that would be nice. Those first three movies are, well, less so the second, but they're pretty good. (laughs) And so I would love to have another good one in the canon. Uh, But you're right, Harrison Ford is extremely old. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I wonder what it means story-wise like how how that affects the story here. It'll It'd Be really interesting to see what they do. We'll see. Yeah, we'll as see. in a museum. It sure does. Let's move on to the next one. Transformers, the franchise, is back with Rise of the Beasts. Now, my understanding is this is how they kind of shoe in sh- uh, shift towards the Beast Wars Transformers. Yes, because now the Transformers are animals. Yes, as in uh, the Beast Wars Transformers. Right. Yeah, I was never a Transformers kid, nor was I a Beast Wars kid, even though that was more in the era that I grew up in, and I could have been a Beast Wars kid, but I wasn't. Do you have any affection yeah. for the Beast Wars? I have a really
0: weird uh, story with <laughs> okay. specifically the Beast Wars.
1: Because
0: right. wa- I watched the kid, uh, the TV so, show yeah. on Fox. I, I, it was, I knew yeah. that it was happening. Yes, yes, I watched it. So I played the video games for
1: it. Okay.
0: Or at least I tried. Because it was one of my first interactions with the joysticks, dual uh-huh. joysticks. Yes. And I couldn't use the arrows because the <laughs> arrows were for the different transformations of them.
1: Oh, so you couldn't move around with them.
0: So I couldn't move around using the arrows. I had to use the joystick and look around with it. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is weird. <laughs> I've never done this. Let me use the arrows. But anytime I press the arrows, it'd be to transform. I was like, yeah. I can't move. <laughs> <Help."> <laughs> Of course, now I use joysticks for everything. Sure, but at the time, it's the time, it was a novel. Yes, at the time, I had no idea. Like, I I knew I could use it to move, but I never wanted to use it to move. Yeah, I always wanted to use the arrows because, like, this makes sense. Arrow goes this way. Arrow goes this way.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. but yeah, but as for this trailer, uh, it's another Transformers movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this just another Transformers? It just movie? looks like a Transformers movie, especially since they're still like car based transformers now did people now do you think that the do you think that the love people had for bumblebee maybe trans like like actually like affects the reception to this or do you think this is back to basics back to the michael bay formers uh not really because
0: there's still transformers like out in the world and they are aware of them as for the michael bay ones it was like more of like a growing process of it right even though bumblebee Kind of like says, "Oh no, they've always existed. People just kind of forgot about them mm,
1: okay.
0: for some reason." Okay, interesting. Uh, but it, it's it's another Transformers movie. I'm not sure, like, if we need another one, but IP and money says they do.
1: Yeah, as always. Next trailer, and this is uh, dovetails well with something you watched earlier: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah, so, like I said last week, the Christmas special technically
0: came out last Friday. Right. And then, for some reason, on Thursday, all of these trailers dropped. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of the World Cup or what, or Maybe. because of, like, upcoming bowl games.
1: Maybe, yeah. But, uh...
0: like, all these trailers literally dropped on the same day within, like, hours of each other. So, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is now out. We get a little bit more seeing into what that is about. Coming in May, I believe. Yeah, because Ant Man in February, and then Guardians in May, mm-hmm. uh, with Mar- with the Marvels in the summer. Yeah, those are the next upcoming Marvel releases. Uh, it looks fun. Uh, it's definitely going to be the last one. Jay's going to said so as much. Um, Drax wears shirts now because Dave Bautista doesn't want to work out and like keep that physique body. He said so as much in a bunch of interviews that. It takes a lot of energy to keep that turning kind of body, and as he gets older, they're just gonna like put shirts on him. And be like, yeah, you're just gonna wear shirts now and clothing, and they're like we don't, we don't need to. It's a generic thing, and I'm like, yeah, we don't need like you to always be topless now. <laughs> yes, I know you can say shirtless, but it's, it's funnier when you say, when say, top. you say yes. topless. Yes,
1: you're right. you're right. So yeah, I mean, it's more Guardians of the Galaxy. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. It will be
0: James Gunn's kind of farewell. Yeah, I guess to the Marvel universe. Now that as, he's a DC man, as he goes the to the DC, DC man, he becomes the DC man. Yeah. So, we'll so see. this is his like farewell to Marvel. Thanks for everything. Yeah. Now I'm going to kill off your characters.
1: <laughs> you really what are you going to end? Yeah. Fire me?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly,
1: he should. If, that's what he should do. Just wipe it out. Just wipe out. Yeah. Make Disney. Oh, oh it out. You, you have
0: plans to, to play them. Yeah, yeah, Too plan. bad. No, no, no. If you're, if you're going to bring them back, you got to multiverse them. No, no. These guys <laughs> <Yeah>. are dead. <laughs> yeah. Balls in your court, Vikey. Right. Let's see how you play with zero guardians. But then last but not least,
1: let's talk about Cocaine Bear. Yes. Cocaine. you know about Cocaine Bear? I know about Cocaine Bear. I knew they were going to make a movie about Cocaine yes, Bear. Yes, Cocaine Bear. But let's cheer. talk about Cocaine Bear.
0: Yes, Cocaine bear's <laughs> out
1: so there's a trailer for cocaine bear you're pulling yes. up some uh, there's some stills about <laughs> some it some stills of cocaine bear yeah yeah bear goes on a coked out killing spree bear, bear on cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. Bear. so uh what do you think about the trailer are you going to see cocaine bear oh it's hilarious i thought it was hilarious
0: i know it's supposed to be like all serious and stuff but <laughs> no no elizabeth banks's new film cocaine bear cocaine it's, bear it's hilarious i just kept laughing through it's it it's just so. fun to say it is I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, like, a serious thing, but it's just... It's funny. <laughs> uh, I, I had a fun, hilarious time watching it, even though it's kind of supposed to be serious. Like, again, you said that three like, times, but yes. like I don't know if it's cocaine here. How do you, like, not have so much fun of it? Uh, but, yeah. They could have called it anything else. They could have called it Plane. But they just... Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can we talk about Plane? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have Plane this list. So, uh, real quick, we we will, uh, yes, we will get to Glass Onion later, but uh, one of the trailers that was before our showing of Glass Onion was for a movie called Plane, and the reveal of that name was one of the most funny, like, was the funniest thing that's happened in a trailer, in a theater, in a long time to me. So it's this long run-up to, like, this movie that seems, like, very serious, about, like, a plane that crashes. It's Jared. Jar Butler, yeah, and is a pilot. Yeah, and there's like a, but like somebody who's on like, and
0: like he has to, um, a, take a con, yeah, from, a, con, a murderer, a murderer, yeah. from one location to another right, on his plane, on his plane.
1: But the plane crashes on an island, I guess. Yes, and then you have a lost like scenario where there's this. You know, like, the different people from the plane, you know, are having, like, dealings with each other. But then it kind of goes into, like, a Rambo-style direction, where it's, like, there's, like, uh, insurrection happening on the island, and then there's lots of guns, and, of course, some murder. Yeah, it's, like, like, the government can't get involved in the island that you
0: crash-landed
1: on because political reasons. And so at some point I was like, is this a Far Cry movie? This feels like a Far Cry movie. And, like, so the vibe is, like, very specific, and you think, like, what would you name this movie? Like you name this movie, I don't know, like Island Terror or something like that—something evocative of what's happening—or like yeah. the the murder or something like that. I don't know, but you know what this movie is fucking called? It's like called Con- Plane. You call it Contact. <laughs> Why is this movie called Plane? The plane—the plane—is only part of the plot. Like the, the plane plot goes in so many other directions. The plane literally
0: doesn't exist in the movie past the first act. Why is it
1: called Plane?
0: Plane, 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 plane. I can't believe that movie is called Plane. Plane. It's like working title, like Plane. Working, working title, titles, yeah. Or and like then first draft never of the got script into is it. just called Plane, as and a, then they never got yeah, around to fixing placeholder, it. Placeholder,
1: right? It's like it's like when you're first coming up with a thing. I oh, like, well, I need a title to put in this. So I'll just call it Plane for now because I'm working in the scenes that have a plane. Yes. And then you never change it. <laughs> Why is this movie called Plane? Maybe there's something we don't know, right? Maybe they're saved by a plane at the end. Maybe a plane factors into the plot later. Who knows? Otherwise, it's a really dumb name. So yeah, plane. Watch the trailer for plane. You'll at least get a kick out of the the reveal of the The, title. uh, The reveal, yes. Anyways, that's it for trailers. Uh, We'll have more to say about those movies when they come out. In the meantime, some movies coming from Legendary Entertainment will now have a different home. They made news this week by announcing they, of course, the production company behind Dune, Godzilla vs. Kong, etc. has cut ties with their business partner Warner Brothers and entered a multi-year worldwide film distribution partnership with Sony Pictures. Under the new agreement, Sony will market and distribute Legendary's upcoming theatrical mo- motion picture titles. However, select existing projects as Legendary are exempt from the pack, meaning Warner Brothers Pictures is still backing Dune Part 2, of course, because this is equal to Dune, and it's currently in production for a November third, twenty twenty three release date for that film. In a press release, Sony Pictures and Legendary emphasized that the companies are aligned in their ongoing commitment quote to theatrical distribution <laughs> as a driver for other downstream windows and the theatrical windows long term value for films. That's really business speech saying saying hey, we're going to put out their movies. Yes. This being an obvious jab at Warner Brothers putting their films on HBO Max in 2021 on the same day as their theatrical debuts. Apparently yes, remember the same day and date? Yes, Legendary had a yes. huge problem with this. Ask Christopher Nolan. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong grossed $470 million globally in Dune, generated $401 million worldwide, making each of them pandemic-era box office hits, despite the HBO Max deal, which almost goes against... This weird bone to pick that they have yes. about this. So yeah, but yeah,
0: that was one of the big bones that we talked about we last did. year. We did. Um, I think it kind of was our end. Of, was our yes, the I year with lists? Yes, I believe that the, the concept, of, concept
1: of the the line between streaming and yes. film releases and how that affects the movie industry what was our was, story of the year. I think for two years in a row, actually. Yes. So yeah, uh, definitely interesting to see what Legendary does going for Sony and how Sony is very adamant about. Well, here's a good thing. Sony only has Crackle as a streaming service. Right, yeah. Sony also here is an interesting company because they're the one of the few studios that doesn't have a streaming pipeline to go straight to. We're not counting Crackle? We're not counting Crackle. Okay. Sorry, Crackle. All right. Anyway, that's it uh, for movie news. So we can now talk about the thing we've been wanting to talk about for a little bit. Wait, do we want to talk about this first? Uh, do you want to do the fan question first? We uh, do have a fan question this week. We do
0: have a fan question, and we really want to talk about Glass Onion. I feel like we're talking a lot more about Glass Onion than we will about the fan okay, question. Okay,
1: let's do the fan question real quick. Uh, so, our fan question comes in from our, our favorite fan, and they ask, Hey, y'all, April Fools is a breeding ground for rumors, especially back before the internet could confirm or deny certain conspiracies. Have you ever given clout to stories that you heard in a magazine or hearsay? I got to admit, I was one to think that you can unlock Sonic and Super Smash Bros. Melee if I defeated enough Polygon men. Or the time that I thought I can unlock Mew by checking under that parked truck. Tell me your favorite rumors that you fell for. Well, just so happens that you burned the two that I have. Because yeah. I was also someone at the right perfect age for both of these rumors to hit. I did look at that truck. I did try to find Mew back there. There's no Mew there. <laughs> I also fell for the missing no thing. I ruined my red save because I did the missing no thing, except I, I screwed it up. So, if anybody knows the missing no trick in red and blue, is that you have to have the item that you want to duplicate. It's about duplicating items. Mm-hmm. And you have to have, so, Master Ball, for example, if you ha- want Master Ball, to work, it has to be in a specific number on your item list in your inventory, right? Well, I missed that number by one. So you know what I ended up having infinite amount of? Not master balls, paralyzed heals. <laughs> <laughs> so I had infinite paralyzed heals, but eventually it got so bad I couldn't do anything in that game because of how glitched it was. Don't do the missing note trick, people. This might if you take anything away from this, don't do it. I mean Thankfully for me, I guess, in a way, the save battery on my red cartridge ended up breaking. Oh. And so now, I can't even save. I just would ha- I start, have to start from the top every single time I play it. So, yeah. Yes, This let this be a PSA for all of you who still have original Game Boy cartridges out there. Check your save batteries. You probably lost save. Uh, I did the exact same thing, but on the Game Boy Advance... Yeah.
0: It was a lot easier to do uh, <laughs> duplicating either Pokemon yeah. or
1: items. Yeah, my uh, Ruby also. Uh, I think the save still exists, but the uh, time of day thing broke because I guess that's also on like a separate battery in the cartridge, and so it doesn't know what time it is. So when you par- uh, uh, start up the game, it'll say any time related things will not work. There's actually they built in a thing for that to happen, and it'll tell you when you power up the game. I was like, wow, that's weird. So yeah check your old pokemon games and the second thing here is yes i did also fall for the sonic thing that was in egm and i was an avid reader of egm at the time and so little 11 uh, year old me was absolutely convinced that if i beat the 99 man melee or whatever that thing was called that i would unlock sonic and uh, tails i think it was sonic and tails i want to say and i remember i was talking to one of my friends at the time at church and I was telling him about it as if it was true. And I regret doing that. The poor kid probably believed me. And I was like, now I'm like looking back, it's like, oh, I was so gullible. I
0: was so, so gullible.
1: Um, back in the day, like
0: Go Got almost like forever ago feels like, uh, <laughs> I got Game Informer. Yes. Like magazines. Game Former had good ones. Every April yep. Game Informer came out.
1: Yes, Game and Farcer. The first time
0: that. that came out, I didn't realize that it was a switch. <laughs> so I thought everything in it was weird. Oh no. <laughs> it's literally called Game Farcer. I didn't get that it was called <laughs> Game and Farcer <laughs> at the time. Wow. Uh, Amazing. So yeah well, I fell for a couple of those for like the first two years and then like the third year it was like Yeah oh uh, i feel so dumb now
1: <laughs> yeah generally speaking i feel like there was a period of time where i definitely fell for a lot of those video game ones in a row mm-hmm. uh but uh, yeah but you're right though there is that fall off that steep fall off after the internet because you when you're able to fact check things immediately yep. and see if they're real is yeah it kind of the fun goes away from april fools so i can't really think of any pinpoint any specific but especially anything
0: newer, because yeah like is it? There's, like, an adage now, like, the fastest way
1: to find the correct answer is to provide a wrong answer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, and, and honestly, I think as I've gotten older, it's like, the idea of April Fool's, especially now mm-hmm. in the environment we're at, where every day you have to question whether something is actually true or not. Yes. It makes the whole April Fool's thing seem a lot less fun. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, I, the whole day where people are lying to me? Like, this sucks. Like... Who knows what true is anymore? And so yeah, it's like it's just the concept is not as fun as it was. But I think you pinpointed the exact moment where it was still fun and where yeah, it was it's still a very, very hard believable. Truck. Yes. Yeah, where people were just figuring out that like perfect middle zone of something just realistic enough where it could have happened, but just silly enough where it's probably wrong. Yes. Except for in one of
0: my cases, this year we actually ended up coming true, and that's the Kingdom Hearts. Uh, that's true.
1: Animated animated cinematic which yes it did exist speaking of which that reminds me another good one that i fell for also from egm and i think it was maybe the year after this one that you referenced with melee they did one that was mushroom kingdom hearts where it was going to be a nintendo (laughs) crossover and they had convincing screenshots of like mario in one of the like the the uh organization 13 hoods and Mm -hmm. stuff well, this must have been after two, then. So this was later. This would have been like two thousand five. So seven. uh but seven, yeah. six, seven, seven. yeah seven. So yeah, it was like still. I, I maybe bought it for a couple of seconds, and then I was like, no, Nintendo would never do that. <laughs> so yeah, no. Thank you for bringing that up. That that, that was the, the melee one specifically. Is probably the one that I believed the most. It's the one that everyone yeah. believed the most. You, yeah. I Legitimately thought you had to do all that cruel melee business, and it was just like, this is too hard. No one's gonna be able to do this. Anyways. But now, yes, let's talk about Glass
0: right. Onion. 20 minutes. No, we're not okay. going to take that long. On. All right. Especially because we're going
1: to talk about it on our end of the year list. Yeah. So as we mentioned, Glass Onion uh, will be a Netflix streaming film. Um, and, but for now, uh, for this last weekend, it did have a limited theatrical run. We were lucky enough to grab tickets and see it in a theater. We were lucky, very lucky to grab tickets and yes, see it. Yes, we are. Uh, But yeah, this, of course, follow-up to Knives Out, written and directed again by Ryan Johnson, and also featuring um, the same um, uh, Daniel Craig, uh, Benoit Blanc, Blanc. uh, doing his same bit, same character, uh, (laughs) for a different murder mystery. And I mean different murder mystery. This basically takes the concept, the loose concept of knives out Mm -hmm. and then twists it and turns it in weird ways that you don't anticipate to make it the same feeling that you got watching lives out and being like man i can't believe that we got here after all of that in new and exciting ways and i think yeah it's definitely one of the best movies of the year i think he knocked it out of the park again somehow managed to make a movie that feels the same But works, but all the parts are rearranged to convince you that this is a new, original way to tell a murder mystery.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like it's completely new cast Mm -hmm. except for uh, Daniel Craig, right? But same kind of concept of everyone's got a motive for the murder that happens, yes. And it's up to Benoit Blanc Mm -hmm. to help this decipher out through all the clues who is the true murderer, yeah. But that's the thing, though, that kind of like most mysteries, like murder mysteries, get kind of mixed up. Is that they make the detective the focal point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is not the focal point in either no. of these movies. No. It is the cast of characters yes. that are the, um, and their interactions with each other and mm-hmm. their motives, as you find
1: through, that becomes the focal point. Janelle yes. Monae yes. is fantastic in this. Oh, in absolutely. That. This is a star turn, if I've ever seen one. This is the thing that I think that gets Janelle Monae more roles in the future. I think this turns uh, the, uh, Janelle Monae's career into a different uh, level at this point. I think this is going to offense a lot of people. But yeah, cast-wise, just like Knives Out, this is an ensemble movie in the best possible way. Everybody is working on all cylinders here, just like in the first one. Everybody in this is performing like nuts and hamming it up and working to the camera and is everything that you want leaning into uh, the kind of archetypes that they are, but not being 100% a cliche either. Yep. They find navigate ways to make it convincing that they're scummy-ass people, terrible, terrible people. They're destructors. In, in, but in different ways and in convincing, funny ways. Edward Orton... I mean, you don't cast Edward Norton in your movie unless you want him to be a scumbag. He's a scumbag here. Convincing. (laughs) Also, timely um, in a way that I don't necessarily want to spoil because I think you should go in not knowing anything about this film. Uh, But yes, a very convincing thing he's doing. Dave Bautista doing a very specific character, but in a way you don't anticipate. Also great kate kate hudson kate hudson Ugh. just <laughs> shocking in this yes like, just wild just wild does uh, the character she has to do yes you mentioned jenelle manet Catherine hahn doing an understated kind of thing she's having a year yes with wandavision in this and like yeah she's having quite a year uh like a couple of years i guess wandavision yep. was, last, WandaVision year, was but, last year but yeah leslie odom jr doing a yes this is the thing is leslie odom jr unfair. was supposed to do to get his name out there, but yeah. Just everybody in this movie. We could just keep going, but everybody in this movie is, is just mm-hmm. doing an amazing job at setting up their characters and making them. You really believe that any of these idiots could have absolutely killed someone. <laughs> it's extremely convincing. Uh, and the, but but again, the way that Ryan Johnson's script keeps pulling the rug from out of you, out from under you, in creative ways that you do not anticipate, is even more impressive here than I think that it was in Knives Out. The way that, like, you think it's going to end, and then it doesn't. And then you think it's going to end again, and, you think, and then it doesn't. And you think, like, oh, wait, no, I know this character's motivation now. And it turns out you don't. It turns out every step of the way, he saw what you were thinking and tried to defeat that and tried to be yes. like, no, 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 you thought that it was this way, but no, it's actually this. Even up to the very end of this film, you're constantly guessing yourself, yes. second-guessing
0: yourself. like your I thing. thought it was going to end a certain way, a very zootopia way, ended up, no. Nope. End. Nope, nope, that's no.
1: how no, we're just no. going to, like, make this our own ending. Especially I mean, if you compare, refreshing, yeah. especially if you compare this not only to Knives Out, but also to a contemporary uh, murder mystery story that we liked this year, The After Party on Apple mm-hmm. Plus. That, of course, different kind of animal because you had several episodes kind of stretch your murder mystery over. But they're similar in the way that it does try to defy those expectations and make you second guess the more information you learn about each of these characters as the movie goes on. Right, but the difference is that in um, After Party, mm-hmm. they were
0: told in very unique style. Yes, that's From true. a certain character's point of view. This one isn't. It's just, it happens in front of you. There's no like retelling. At least
1: there's a little bit retelling. There are moments it's, of that. There's moments. There are moments of that, actually, here. Yeah. Uh, there, there are some flashbacks. And the one thing that I will say... Um, I think there was a danger here that Ryan Johnson could have hewed a little too close to the Knives Out structure, especially with Janelle Monae's character. You could have seen a there. There was a moment there, especially for the first like thirty minutes, where I was like, "Are they just doing that character again?" Mm-hmm. But the thing that they do here is so out of anything I could have predicted that he makes it work. Yeah, he absolutely makes it work. Work at no point after you get past that point, you're thinking, oh, this is derivative. No, he manages even the thing that you think is, the character that you think is going to be, oh, this is the protagonist. Even that is flipped on its head a couple of times Mm -hmm. before the end of the movie. And it just, every step of the way, it works. Bunch of (laughs) shitheads. They really, really, really are. I mean, yeah, so I think ultimately if you enjoyed Knives Out and you want to see something like that, Last Onion is a no-brainer. Like, this will be immediately something everybody loves on Netflix. It, like... Yes. And it's, like I said, extremely timely and relevant. It's a story unlike... It's weird that this is specifically shot... Right.
0: ...for 2020. Yes.
1: Yet, here we are two years later and it's still relevant more relevant now. than ever. More relevant. The one thing... I, the, 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 one of the neat things I thought of, again, not going into a lot of uh, plot details, but kind of giving a light overview... Mm-hmm. Somebody pointed out the internet the difference between the two films is Knives Out is about millionaire assholes. Glass Onion is about billionaire assholes. <laughs> and you don't think that there's a difference between those people, but there absolutely is. And this movie does a really, really good job of pinpointing why this kind of shitheadery, assholery is a different animal than this. And actually is way more dangerous mm-hmm. and will affect a lot more people's lives depending on the idiot decisions that they make. And it does a really good job of kind of unpeeling the layers yes. of that.
0: Uh, the layers of the onion. Because yeah. at the end of the
1: day, it's still an onion. Yes. Yes. But again, say Anything, even saying more about this theme and the relevance of the title, I think, is giving away too much. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, just... See, this on Netflix when it's out on the 23rd. You'll yep. love it. I promise if you liked Knives Out, you will absolutely adore this yes. thing. I don't think it's, all, it's...
0: I think it's no longer in theaters.
1: No, I don't believe so. I believe Sunday was it. Yeah.
0: All times. Yeah. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, the 11th. It's done. So... There's
1: one one more show in the One more show, 11th. I guess. But yeah, other than that, like, you missed it theatrical. And honestly... Even having the theatrical experience, I feel like it wasn't the theatrical experience mm-hmm. I wanted. Like, I feel like if we had gone Friday night, it would have been, like, a bigger... Like, the reactions would have been better. Not Sunday afternoon. We went to a matinee <laughs> show, which maybe tempered the the, the, the volume. I don't know. I saw it had it. a fun time. It was still a fun year. time, and I'm absolutely glad that I did see it in a theater. Because yes. you know, it was something that benefits from the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and honestly, we haven't talked about it here, but yes, but Daniel Craig... This is a character he was built to play. Like, James Bond, who cares? This is his character. This is his legacy. I, I put that on Ryan Johnson. Able Absolutely. to pull that out of him. Absolutely. That, this is definitely his character. Not, I'm thinking about Daniel Craig. This is going to be what I think about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stellar, stellar movie. I don't know. Do you have anything more you want to talk about with it? Uh, not going on the spoilers. <laughs> right, yeah. It's very hard to talk about. We will talk more about it, spoiler-wise, in our wrap-up because uh, pretty uh, sure uh, it will live on out. both our lists at some somewhere. It will. It, it absolutely is in my top five. So. Yeah. I mean, that's knives out. Yeah. Was, was, our, was our movie 2019. Year in 2019? So. Well, it was that and Endgame. Because oh right, I forgot yes. that we did that. But it was, really, it's knives out. <laughs> it's really knives out. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's all we have to say about that. I guess right now. Yep. In the meantime, that wraps up. Uh, the movie section here, and that wraps up this episode of the Media Boat podcast. And now, yes, this is when we should talk about our wrap up specials before we go. Yes, here. we are in December, and traditionally, what we have done in the past is given you that last week of December, all of our wrap up shows every day of the week. So, we do five wrap up shows again, as I said last week, we do one for each of our categories yep, yep. Music, 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 video TV. games, movies, etc. Television. <laughs> Et cetera, yes. Not necessarily and the in rest. order. And the rest, yes. Um, as
0: well as a fifth bonus one where we wrap yes. up the whole entire year. Stuff that we don't normally talk about on this podcast but did happen in the year 2022. Yes. This is where we get into all of our political stuff. All yes. the stuff that happens outside of the media landscape.
1: Yeah. Um, anything like scientific breaking as well. But we decided to try something a little different this year, as I mentioned last week. We're going to take a page from our uh, March Madness playbook. Yes. And instead of lumping it all on Christmas week, we're going to spread it across the lovely month of December to give you more every week, a bonus podcast in your ears on our feed. So we will be starting this coming week uh, on Wednesday, Wednesday, the 7th. We will have our first episode of the top uh, of our top five wrap ups with music we will follow that up on the 14th, Wednesday the 14th, with our episode all about the year in video games. Mm-hmm. The 21st, we will have our episode all about television. And wrapping up your final show and your post Christmas special from us will be on the 28th, and that will be movies. Yep. And then. This will
0: give us a chance to watch the Christmas releases. Yes. Catch up on anything with movie wise
1: before we get to that. And on Saturday the 31st, likely, we will do our last episode of the season, a regular episode. Then also we will release, that will be the day where we might as well just release our final episode. We will do
0: that. that yeah. av- first Which will month. be the fifth
1: uh, year-end wrap-up show. So, yes. so, yeah, that's our kind of our schedule. Uh, depending on how recording works, we may need to move those dates around. But for now, that's what we're aiming for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look forward to all of those. As we've done in the past, each of those wrap-up specials will be our top fives of the year, our favorite things of the year. Picking one specific thing to be our favorite thing of the year for the podcast. And then the second half of the show is wrapping up the news stories. Or the first no, half of the uh, show. Sorry. I first half it reviews. It, yes. Uh, uh, Reverse. First half is the news stories. News wrap up. and our, our one Our most thing. important story of the year in each of those categories. Mm-hmm. So look forward to all that uh, starting next week. And with that, we got to go get to
0: list making. Yes. So, so. if you like this podcast. We have 359
1: other episodes you could listen to. So check all of that out in video form on YouTube. You can go to our channel at youtube.com, search Podcast, and you'll find our channel. Like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when we go live, typically on Saturday mornings like this lovely one. If you want to listen to us on audio form and get those special bonus wrap-up episodes, you can find us on podcast services. Such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you listen to it, Spotify, send us your wrapped if we're on it. Somewhere out there, I'm surely somebody listens to us on Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, Unwrap us. We don't on get Spotify. those numbers. Uh, So, yeah, uh, audio form there. And yes, that that's the feed where you will see our wrap up episodes show up. So look for those this month. You'll also find us on social media platforms, Twitter, we're still there at MediaBoatcast, Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast to find our page there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on MediaBoatPodcast.com as well. And um, if you want to um, send us questions, feedback, your own top fives or favorite things that maybe we missed in the calendar year of 2022, email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be checking that out and maybe we'll mention you on a podcast, just like our fan question today. So that'll wrap it up for today. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back on the 7th with a bonus episode wrap-up. But other than that, we'll be back on the 10th for another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. Thank you for joining us. See you guys next time. Yep, we'll be back with more news,
0: more thoughts, and more of us. More of us. Alright, bye. Bye.